Hey everyone, I'm Alex Cantor. And I'm Lily Rosenthal. Welcome to our podcast, Hot Pastrami. We are coming to you from our favorite booth at Cantor's Deli here in LA. We're going to invite some of our friends to join us for a chat over some matzo ball soup and pastrami sandwiches. So join us for new episodes of Hot Pastrami every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you soon. Bye. I am Sarah Jane Case, and this is Enneagram and Coffee. Hello, friends. Happy Wednesday. I hope the week is treating you well. I just want to start today's episode off by saying that I have been kind of coming down with a cold, so please forgive me if my voice is a little bit off. We're doing our best over here. All is well, but might sound weird. Today is another Q&A episode. Now, as a reminder, you can always text or call your questions into 828 838-9127. These can be Enneagram related. They can also be creativity related, self-care related, you know, all the, all the things we talk about over here. Just let me know and we can answer your question. I answer a new question every single Wednesday. So all questions do get answered. Now, today's question is one that I kind of did store up for this week because I knew I was starting a temporary series this Thursday for those of you who are interested in becoming an Enneagram coach. So let's get into the question and then we'll talk a little bit more about the series. Question is, hi, Sarah Jane. Hello. I'm wondering what your journey to becoming an Enneagram coach has looked like. Also, if you have any advice for someone thinking about quitting their job to become a coach, I would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much for the work that you do. Thank you. Okay, so I can tell you a little bit about my story. If you're not new here, this might be a little bit redundant, but just in case, let's go into my career journey. And if you're familiar with the Enneagram 7, my career journey is extremely an Enneagram 7 journey. It has taken a lot of evolutions, a lot of twists and turns. So we're in for a little bit of a ride. I'll try and make it quick. So I personally have just always been into a few things. I've always been a writer. I've always been a reader. I've always been into the way people work and why they do the things they do. These are just constants in my life. Like ever since I was a little kid, I was inappropriately playing therapist to my family and (laughs) like trying to understand why people are the way they are. And so that has always been there. Now, when I was in college... I was trying to figure out who I was, who I wanted to be, what I was interested in. If you listened to the Purpose episode we did a few weeks back on Thursday, I talked about that journey to purpose. So you can hear more about that there. But all in all, in college, I took a photography class and it was at the end of that class that I was like, this is it for me. This is what I want to do. This is what I want to major in. So I determined at that time I wanted to do photojournalism. I wanted to focus on travel photography. Specifically, I wanted to work for National Geographic. That was like exactly where I wanted to be. I took a photojournalism job while I was still in college for a summer. It was not for me. (laughs) I learned a lot in actually experiencing it. It was very different in my mind than it was in real life. And it just wasn't the right fit. Now, my senior year of college, I was asked to photograph a friend's wedding, and I did, and I was like, well, this is good money for what I'm doing and where I am in life, and 
I had been, you know, going to school full time, working at a coffee shop full time and really trying to navigate, you know, coming not from money and being in school and trying to pay for school and pay for my life out of school. It was a really tricky time. So taking this wedding, I mean, I think I charged like $500 or something. And that was like a week's worth of coffee shop work, if not two weeks at that time. So it was great for me. (laughs) So I started working while I was in college. I started a photography business specifically around portraits and weddings. I mean, I went to a small Southern Baptist school. A lot of people were getting married and I carried that into my post-grad life. So I worked as a coffee shop, a barista, and I photographed weddings and portraits in my off time. So I was kind of doing both. I did photography. I ran that photography business for about seven years. It took multiple iterations. I was a wedding photographer. I was a portrait photographer. I did boudoir for a long time and really loved that. When I was doing boudoir, what I realized is what I loved the most about this work was getting to talk to people about themselves. What do you like about yourself? What is your favorite part of your body? Like, what do you what do you worry about? You know, these these like pre-interview questions were actually my favorite part. And so I remember noting that, but I also was really bad about charging enough money. So I wouldn't, I was overworked, underpaid and exhausted and I burn out. And so I had this like fantasy of like, if I work at a coffee shop, it's going to be great. I'm just going to have the best life. At this time, I lived with two of my really good friends and I think my rent was like 250 bucks. And so I was like, this is going to be, you know, a time for me to just go to work, get paid, come home. I did not do that. I became the manager in less than a month and I was doing photography on the side to cover the rest of my expenses and the lifestyle I wanted to have. So I was really overworked (laughs) that time. Now, from that time, I learned, you know, this isn't really the right fit for me. This feels like a temporary thing. I was there like nine months and I knew it's time for me to like look into getting a different job. So I was thinking about getting a job working for someone else where I would get paid a salary and could just focus on work for real this time. And I got a job as a marketing director and I loved that job. I I think I was very good at that job. <laughs> and I had a really good time doing that. I did that for about a year and a half. The trouble was that, I mean, we live in a small town and people just can't pay what they need to pay for people to be able to live. And so I couldn't really afford to live off the salary that I was getting paid there. And so I started taking on additional work. I was still doing photography on the side. I was doing a lot of commercial photography at the time. And I started picking up marketing clients, like social media marketing clients. And I was doing that on the off time, meaning I was working basically 24-7 still. And I started working with a friend of mine and we realized he was doing the same thing. He was he was leading marketing for a nonprofit and he was taking on clients on the side and we were like let's just start a business together and actually make this work so we started a business together and we did that for i want to say two years i could be this timeline is is um take it with a grain of salt (laughs) i'm kind of throwing out numbers here so i think we did that for about two years and that business was great it didn't make a ton of money but we we really didn't charge enough we needed to charge way more than we were charging especially for the amount of work that we were doing. We were doing photography, 
copy editing. We were running their socials. We were strategizing. We were doing analytics. And we were just doing a ton of jobs for the amount that we were getting paid. In that phase, I just recognized that I really wanted to be working with people one-on-one, not necessarily on marketing their business, but on themselves inside of their business. You know, how do you feel? What's working for you? I'm very good at systems. I'm very good at helping people to work less, to make the most of their time. I say work less. I tend to approach it as like do more in my own life, but if you don't want to do more, (laughs) you can work less. So I wanted to focus on that. So I started coaching one-on-one outside of that business. And I was also doing some other projects here and there with photography. And I just fell in love with the coaching model, working with people one-on-one. That is definitely an area that worked for me. I knew I wanted to be deeply connecting with people, helping people reach their own personal goals, just holding space for people. I think so often Most of us don't even have someone holding time for us. And so it's really nice to just have space that's all about you, what you need, what you want, how you feel, what you think. And I feel like giving that to someone is a real gift. So that's kind of what first attracted me to coaching. Now, I was doing a lot of burnout coaching, burnout prevention recovery. Obviously, I had a lot of experience with that. And I was helping people a lot with their systems, their structures, and their boundaries. I found the Enneagram at this time and recognized, oh my gosh, if we talk about the Enneagram, we can not only talk through what's going on, like how do we change things to work better for you, but we can also get into why we don't have boundaries, why we don't have systems, why we may be resistant to certain types of structure. And it aided the work that I was doing so, so much. Now, I eventually evolved that into the Brave Collective, which was my online community, and then to this thing called Journey Books, which was a day planner that I created. I ran that for about a year. And then I started working a lot more with people as a coach. I started co-creating workshops with my past business partner, who I'm still really good friends with and adore. And I wasn't just obsessed with the Enneagram so much so that it's like all I talked about it was everything that I it like informed everything that I was doing in work and in my personal life so much that eventually a friend of mine was like girl I need you to get an outlet and so I did I created Enneagram and coffee Uh, it blew up within three days and went from zero to a hundred thousand followers in three days which was insane and I, my life was changed forever. You know, I took that like leap of faith, that kind of first step in the right direction every single time. And it led me to this moment. I want to say that I was really excited about that. But if I'm 100% honest, I was petrified. I did not expect that. I thought maybe like my mom would follow it or a couple of friends. I didn't think it would become this big thing. And I felt like such an imposter because I hadn't done my training yet. And I felt like, oh my gosh, everybody is going to see me not know what I'm talking about. Because this is just a hobby for me, right? I kind of use it to inform my work, but I'm not using it fully, right? I'm not trained in it. And so I immediately like was like, okay, I need to find a training program. And my 
journey to finding a training program was so tricky because at the time, especially like these programs weren't really online. Like I was really, I don't say this to like toot my own horn or anything, but I, I genuinely was like one of the first people talking about the Enneagram on the internet. I think I'd found like two or three other people before I started talking about it, like on social media. And then it was like a lot of these websites were older. It was hard to Google even, find them on Google. I found a couple of programs. A few of them were religious, which I knew I didn't want. A few of them were really specifically created. Like this was pre-COVID, so like nothing was really online yet. And the one that was online, I didn't look credible, if I'm honest. And it was like very religious based. And I was like, I don't want to do that. And I found my training program through Google. Luckily, I really like the program that I did. But the thing I didn't recognize until I got there was that it was heavily focused on corporate training. So now when people ask me, hey, who am I wanting to train with now that I'm in the world more? I typically say, you know, I recommend that one if you want to do corporate training. But here's what I would do differently if I were to start over. I would get my original certification online with a diverse group of teachers and business education. Because here's the thing. My initial program was like a three-day intensive. I flew to California, which was stayed in a hotel, which was very expensive. Then I also paid for the program I worked for three days with a single teacher who I love, but was just one person, right? And so I'm getting just one perspective on the Enneagram. We're having dialogue, but it's like not exactly what I needed necessarily or what I would personally recommend as your journey. I would do that and then I would do what I have done since then, which is to take workshops and trainings from every program. There is so much to learn from every school. There's just a ton of information out there. And I don't think the Enneagram is something that you ever stop learning about. And there's so many different perspectives that are all valid and interesting and that have informed the way that I approach the Enneagram. Uh, and typically I kind of take a little bit from this school. I kind of hold a little bit from another school and there's just a lot there. But to get my baseline certification, like, okay, I feel qualified to do this work, I would do that with a program like Enneagram University that is, you know, there's a variety of teachers, teaching styles. It's mostly psychotherapists or counselors or mental health professionals who are teaching these workshops. It's just not somebody who counsels at a church or something. It's like a real legitimate certified qualified teachers and a diverse group of them. It's not just like a bunch of like old white men, no offense, everybody um, in the Enneagram world. I love a lot of you. There's a lot of old, old white people. Okay. And so I personally am someone who wants to learn from diverse voices. That's a high value of mine. And I think that's a high value of Chrissy who created Enneagram University. So I would probably start there. Also, the cost of the program would have been so much cheaper if I had not had to fly to California and do this whole thing. So I definitely recommend doing it online first, getting your certification, doing the intensive, and then going from there. Here's the thing. Mental health professionals, they do these things like called continuing education hours. And I really think that's a major priority for you as a coach. So if you want to become a coach, in my opinion, that is a high priority that you are continuing your education. So when I say get your certification and then continue to learn, 
I genuinely mean that. I personally like to kind of pick from different schools, try to learn from all the schools because, I mean, this is my work, right? This is what I'm doing. So I don't want to stop learning. I don't want to stop growing in my understanding. I don't want to stop expanding my understanding. And I don't want you to do the same if you do decide to become a coach. So that's what I would do differently is I would train online and then with a school I really respected and admired that's not as niche down as mine was, right? Mine was like so focused on corporations. I think that's very valid if you're going to go into teaching corporations working with a school like that is great. However, if you are wanting to keep your options open right now, I don't think that's the move necessarily. So all of that to say, where do you start? So I have actually put together an easy printable guide for you that walks through the first few steps of starting your coaching business from training program to marketing to how do you navigate like licensing and all of that stuff. It's a list of each step to begin your coaching business. So I have linked it in the show notes for you. It's free. You can just download it. It should kind of take you step by step. Really step one is becoming certified. I am a big proponent of that at this point in my career. I just believe that training is important. Number two is figuring out who do you want to serve? What is your niche? Who do you want to work with specifically? My personal favorite rule of thumb for this is thinking back to who you were three years ago, what you needed, because when you look back, you're able to empathize, but you're still not in the thick of it necessarily in the same way, but you remember the pain of having been there. And so you can kind of speak to your ideal client, pull them along with you and really do some great work there. Now, I want to go deeper on this with all of you because... I'm starting a series over the next few weeks on Thursdays, sharing tips for those of you who are curious about becoming an Enneagram coach. So stay tuned for that starting tomorrow. So each Thursday for the next four-ish weeks, I believe, will be targeted toward what you might need to know in terms of starting and creating a thriving coaching business. As always, it is an absolute joy to create this content for you. Thank you so much for sending in your question. And again, if you have Enneagram questions or questions related to creativity, business, coaching, self-love, self-respect, all of those good things, just send them in 2828-338-9127. And I will see you tomorrow for the next episode. Bye. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.